Hi, I'm Alex and welcome to Kiss Life. Kiss Life. This year we've heard a lot about violent crime. Knife and gun attacks have surged and experts reckon a rising number of children are getting involved in gangs. If we look at the latest estimates, it's thought 27,000 kids in England identify as a gang member. But most of those aren't known to the children's services that could steer them away. In this podcast, we've teamed up with the Prince's Trust to investigate why so many of us are getting involved in this lifestyle and look at what we can do to help break the cycle. Kiss Life. Jacob, which isn't his real name, has been in a gang since year 10. He's 18 now and told us how he first got involved after school. They'll just pick you up, ask you to do something, you know. You'll say, yeah, innit? If you trust them, that's when you start getting more into it, innit? If you're in beef and you want to come out of it, I just told them, ah, oh, I'm not in the beef anymore. They're still going to come after you, you know what I'm saying? It's been rough. You've got people that's onto you and that. They really feel safe and that. So you got to watch your surroundings. Yeah, you're risking your freedom for it as well. Jacob was introduced to us by Edwin Sarpong, who's working to try and get young people back on track in his community. You're this age group. I don't know what's wrong with these lot just keep on poking each other and stabbing each other. I'm trying to get into their heads that you lot need to stop killing each other like you're 18 those times are delicate how can man be dying at them times edwin used to be a gang member himself but says things have changed over the past 10 years i've been prison five times we, we was robbing we was doing it but we wasn't harming each other there was this pattern that they still had so it was like okay cool yeah you do this for us but bro make sure you go to school you know make sure you respect your mum you know it was still all of that do you get it i i blood what are you man doing on the blocks fam it's 10 o'clock go home fam. The principal morals just change. Like right now, these youths have got like, they've got mortgages on their wrist. But it's like with that, there's so much consequences, deaths. Some people, they're not even making it. With Edwin's help, Jacob has been trying to change, but he's told us it's hard to leave that life, especially when you're earning money. So I can provide, innit, for my family and that. I don't want to be broke, innit? Disappoint my mum. That's what I do. The feeling of being broke, it's not good, you know what I'm saying? It hurts, and imagine. You got peace to go to the shop to even get a drink, fam. It's hard, fam. It's just the feeling of you don't want to be broke again. They're risking their life and stuff. Like, they got your back, you got their back. Unfortunately, it's easy to see why, like Jacob, we can think that being in a gang means people have your back. The charity Gangsline says there's a growing culture among young people to join a gang for protection and friendship. But in reality, it doesn't always work out that way. The people who you call friends are not your friends because if something tragic happens, i.e. being stabbed, 98% of the cases I deal with, the person who's been stabbed is left in their own pool of blood by their so-called friends who run away because they don't want to be arrested, they don't want to be involved, and you're left on your own. Stephen Akinsanya is a barrister in London. It's his job to defend young people who end up on trial for violent crimes, and he works with the Met Police to teach them about the justice system. He sat down for a chat with KISS FM's reporter Georgie Prodromo. Please. Young people are essentially products of their environment. It's extremely sad. Where you have young people who feel that no one cares, no one really takes an interest in their aspirational chances of succeeding, they can't see a pathway to success, then they take the easy option, which is provided to them by those who are older, saying, look, come and do what I do. You want to make money? Come and work with me but we have a real societal problem. And until we tackle that at grassroots level, it's going to continue. When you see them, when they make that decision to carry a knife, to, to act upon that, mm. 
Do you think they realise the implications of what they're doing at the time? I don't think they do. And this is one of the things that has led me to speak out about what happens in the Crown Court when you're on trial. Because I think in that moment's madness, no one contemplates that someone might die. No one contemplates the kind of sentences that you're going to get. Some people think they won't be caught. They don't really think things through until it's too late. For you dealing with those young people, what is it like for them at that stage when they're realising what they've done, when they're sitting in a cell? I get, as a defence lawyer, to sit with these young people day in, day out of a criminal trial, often for weeks on end. And in that moment when the verdict comes in, you see them absolutely shaking or petrified. And that moment when the sentence is passed, which is not a few months but years, you actually see the life draining out of some of them because they actually realise in that moment that this is not TV, it's not a game, it's real and it's their life that's just disappeared before them. Heartbreaking. Because I see young kids who started off in primary schools with all that aspiration running around and then it ends like this, knowing that as a teenager who is sentenced to 17 or 18 years or more in prison, the best years of their life are going to be spent behind bars. And then you have the wider impact outside the courtroom building when the family realise what's just happened and that that young person will not be coming home with them and they can look forward to years and years and years of visiting that young person behind bars and a whole family is broken. That is tragic. Kiss Life. Sefton Henry got involved with the gang at the age of eight. He's been stabbed and shot at and at 23 has already been in and out of prison seven times. He knows how easy it is for vulnerable kids to fall into a gang and how hard it is to get out of one. I was desensitised. I had no emotions, completely empty. It was like four deaths, four funerals, just bam, 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 bam. And it was just like, this is life. This is what we're living. Looking back on how young I was, I can just see that I was clueless. I didn't know what I was getting involved in. I was trying to find some love, some affection, some acceptance, and they were there to give it to me. I saw things and I knew that was wrong, but because I was now deep in it, it was very hard to get out of. I've seen people literally bite people's nose off. I was, I was violent. If you do something wrong to me, I have to do something back to you. And that's because I had been grown into that sort of way of living. He did manage to break out of that lifestyle and now runs Gangsline, a charity trying to stop kids being groomed into this way of life. We've been crying out for a long time. 2011, the riots. People have been crying out and no one's really listening. So then what happens is we make our own world. We're not really talking about gangs, I don't think. I think we're talking about vulnerable children that have said society's not, not working for me, so we're going to make our own society. So when the Prince's Trust spoke to young people about what's causing all of this, nearly half said there aren't enough alternative activities for them to do. As knife crime goes up, the amount of cash for youth services has gone down, and there's been a lot of debate about whether the two are linked. Youth workers in deprived neighbourhoods are saying it's easy for kids to fall into gangs because they don't know any different. KISS FM's reporter Rosanna Robbins has been looking at this for us in parts of Leeds. KISS LIFE Chapel Town found itself in the national spotlight after Raheem Wilkes, the brother of a Leeds United footballer, was shot dead. It was part of a gang war that later saw another man shot dead on his doorstep. These areas are just getting rammed down with a high sense of it's just the way it is. 
gangs are just the way it is, guns are just the way it is, shoeings are just the way it is. A lot of our kids now are starting to think it's not. Ex-footballer Lou Tell heads up a team of youth workers here who use things like football to try and keep as many kids as possible off the streets. But he says it's difficult because in neighbourhoods like this, a lot of them are growing up without many role models. It's the world of employment, apprenticeships, opportunities. That's all that's needed in these areas. If you don't give that jobs and skills opportunity and that training and that, that means you'll never be exposed to it and never get involved in it because there's easier opportunities out here. And it starts from an early age because they see others around them with nice things. They want some of it. So the recruitment agency for the streets is better than anything else. You tell me what counter-argument there is for a recruitment agent says I'm going to give you a job, employment, support. There's no interview here. All you need to know is how to carry that phone, sell drugs, make as much money as possible, and I will pay you well. Young people are going to do it because it's available and accessible. It tended to be round about the 13 to 15 age group. Now we're getting them younger. We've had young people in here as young as five. Francis works with kids who are at risk of getting involved in gangs. He thinks schools play a big part in this. He's seen a rising number of children ending up on street corners after they've been excluded. They don't really have any long-term ambitions. It's from week to week, you know, what are you going to do in the next three years? You know, where do you see yourself? A lot of them don't actually know. I mean, when I say they don't know, they actually do not know. They have no ideas or no inclination what's going to happen in the future. So what we try and do is find out what their skills are, let them know that there is other options. Just because you're out of school doesn't mean that you haven't got a future. But there needs to be more organisations such as this so we can do it citywide and countrywide. It's clear that poverty is a big factor too. Youth worker Terry Yan goes into schools to talk to kids about how you can be groomed into a gang. They're facing that challenge of parents might know what's going on, but they turn a blind eye, not because they don't care but because they're struggling and if your child's bringing you 200 or 150 pound a week home and you haven't got that to survive with your other children it's kind of you know I just brush it under carpet I don't I don't really need to know what they're doing but they're helping me and again I reiterate that's not because they don't care it's because the system right now is flawed for everybody so the big question is what can we do to break the cycle Politicians have been talking about this a lot recently with a big youth violence summit held at Downing Street earlier in the year. But Sefton reckons we won't make progress without involving young people and all the groups on the grounds that are working with them. They need to get in the right people. For them to have a summit, I need to be there. I don't know why I'm not there. I don't know why so many on the ground grass work people that can actually do something to the community should be in these meetings and they should not be in a position of advising they should be in a position of commissioning another person who's working to help tackle this is the mum of Jaden moody the youngest person to lose his life to knife crime so far this year he was 14 when he was stabbed back in january his family have launched the Jaden moody movement to inspire young people to reach their potential whatever their background at the moment, they're campaigning to change the law around school exclusions. As stats show, around 42 students a day are being kicked out. In an exclusive interview with KISS, Jaden's mum Jada and Aunt Tesfa told us they want to make sure kids don't get excluded without having an alternative place to go. When the child gets excluded, you then have to wait to find somewhere else to put them. So that length of time that you're waiting, all sorts of things can happen because the parent still has to go to work. We just have to give these children the right tools, the right people for them to look up to and aspire to, to make better decisions. And in the meantime, I think the schools need to get more support so that they're not excluding them. You're literally just putting them in the hands of the groomers. Because if these kids are 
not in school or not in a cruise centre. That means they're out getting up to mischief and that's easy pickings for the groomers. For people growing up in some of the toughest areas in the country, it can feel like being in a gang is the best or only option. Emmanuel Balogun was raised in South London in an area where there wasn't much to do except get involved in violence. He chose to stay out of gangs, but still got shot at. With the help from the Prince's Trust, he's able to start his own digital marketing agency, but he told me it was a difficult road. So we was walking through uh, Camberwell. We was going to the gym and something just felt funny. And as I walked round the corner, there was about a youth of 25 guys in balaclavas, hoodies. And obviously this is like, from where I'm from, this is normal. They've seen me and my friends. And then my friends, they kind of froze a little bit and they were yeah, like, yeah. oh snap, this can get serious. And they were like, you know, where are you guys from? Duh, 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 duh. I stepped forward because I thought if we don't talk, we're going to get it. I stepped forward. I was like, listen, my brother, like, we're just here going to the gym. Listen, we're not part of this. And he was like, but where are you from? Where are you from? So obviously it's like a, it was a bit of a postcode thing. Yeah. So where are you from? Where are you heading? Listen, like I said, I'm just going to the gym over there. Next minute, he kisses his teeth, he puts his hand in his waist. And then I just saw, I saw it, he pointed it towards me. And then as he's done that, I'm like, this is it, like I'm gone. But I don't know what saved me. One of his friends were like, police, police. And then they all, he ran off. I literally got saved. And that was kind of my first taste many times this happened. Terrifying. But, you know, you've been fortunate enough to see some of the work the Prince's Trust do. How have you seen the Prince's Trust help young people? You know what? The Prince's Trust is amazing. They gave me a mentor. So, okay. that, so a mentor who had their own business and they were established and can give you that kind of blueprint yeah. on how to start your own business. The aspiration. The aspiration part, exactly. So, which I think young people need. They need someone, a mentor like that there to develop them. Yeah. But like I said, there's no opportunities for that. But the Prince's Trust was giving me those opportunities. And I had someone, you know, week on week, you know, calling me, telling me what to do. I was going to workshops that would have cost thousands of pounds mm. for free with a trust or masterclasses. And that right there gave me the confidence from someone who's well-known and big within that industry. Yeah. Who's not from where I'm from who doesn't know anything about me but has validated this is a business that can work hasn't labelled you on where you're from exactly who you've grown up with exactly. and what struggles you've had they've looked at you as a business looked at what's on that paper and said yeah. okay that's work exactly amazing literally that next week I walked into multiple businesses pitching an agency I did have but I didn't really have yet and I signed up my first contract within like two three weeks Groups like the Prince's Trust are working to let people like you know there are opportunities and a future that doesn't involve violence and gang culture. But when it comes to tackling this long term, it's going to take action from the top and it's clear we need to involve everyone in the solution. Don't forget you can get help in all the issues we've covered in this podcast through the Prince's Trust. Visit kissfmuk.com for more information. Kiss Life is a production from Kiss and Bauer Media.